we're live on all three. All right, well, two out of the three. So we'll wait until we see some people pop in, and then we'll get going. And if they don't pop in, this will be on the entire day. Okay. So that'll be the good part about it. Yeah, there's a little thing in the middle that should show how many people are coming in. What's going on guys? Who do we have here? Hey Tito, what's going on? Hey Scott. Ryan, Joel. Alright, so this is going to be the first ever Coffee with a Trainer. My name is Michael Hartman. I am the owner of Formal Fitness Training. Um, I'm here with Danielle Kepperling. Uh, Danielle and I go back, way back, um, 2007, somewhere around there is where we met. We graduated from Penn State with our kinesiology degrees together in 2009. We worked together at LA Fitness and now we both run our own thing and we're here at Why I'm Missing Fitness today. And this is Danielle. Hello. So basically the idea behind the coffee with the trainer here is I'm going to get together with trainers that I respect and I like their knowledge and I think they're well respected in the community. And once in a while we'll get together, we'll talk to you guys, we'll field some questions about all things health, fitness, nutrition, supplementation, pretty much life, anything. There's nothing that's off limits. As Danielle and I have been doing this combined about 22 years. Um, so any questions you have, shoot them in at the bottom and we're going to cover a couple that we got previously on Facebook. Um, so the first one we're going to start with here came from Ray and he was saying that is carb cycling a better option than intermittent fasting? What factors help determine that decision for a client? Danielle, okay. what are your thoughts? Um, so my, my background in nutrition is basically fitness nutrition. Uh, it's, it is different than just going to a nutritionist. And um, I generally know the same ideas, uh, but you need to eat to fuel your workouts. So the idea of intermittent fasting, it's, a, um, it's an infant right now. So it's an infant stage of, basically we don't have a lot of research on it. And the people that are involved with intermittent fasting, there's a really small group, but they're really passionate about it. Um, so I've never been um, saying yes you should do intermittent fasting not to say that it's wrong because it, I, I think it works um, and so does carb cycling and so do a lot of other diets they work so they all have the same general concept food in food out and is there a deficit um, so if you're creating some type of deficit you most likely will start to lose weight so the difference between carb cycling and, and intermittent fasting, there's a lot of differences because they're really not the same type of eating at all. Um, so I would say the, the big takeaway is I just jotted some notes down as I was, I was thinking about this from Ray's question. Um, it's a great way to practice um, eating in the terms of people eat, it's a, a mental and it's also physically. Are you, are you mentally hungry or are you physically hungry? So 
doing like a trial uh, fasting is a great way to to just kind of see when am I hungry? Am I hungry because I think I want to eat or am I really hungry? And it kind of gets you more in tune with your body. Um, the regular fasting is something to do to take it to the next level. So if you're a pretty fit person, I might try intermittent fasting because that's more likely to um, keep your body fat low and to maintain it low. So if I'm at 16%, I might have done some carb cycling, I'm at 11% right now, and I might try intermittent fasting to keep my body fat low. Come on in, we have a knocker. Hello? Okay. Okay. Um, but uh, so carb cycling then is um, you you have you could have high carb days, you could have moderate carb days, and no carb days. So your highest carb days is um, you're going to have the most calories. Low carb days, moderate, and no carb days. Obviously, you're really low on calories. Um, so when you cycle your carbs. Again, you're playing around with the amount of calories you're taking in during the week, and um, carb cycling. Really, I, I promote it for uh, promotion of, you know, bodybuilding, fitness, any type of uh, you want to build muscle and keep yourself lean. Do you have any comments on? Yeah, so I look at intermittent fasting and carb cycling, you know, from my own personal perspective. Um, when I was getting ready for my wedding, I went from about 230 pounds to 197 pounds. I did that through carb cycling primarily. So I was doing four low days a week. So Monday, Tuesday would be low carbs, right around 50 grams of carbs a day. And then the rest of my calories were filled with proteins and fats. Wednesdays and Saturdays were high carb days, which I would do about twice my body weight. So roughly... 400 grams of carbs a day, and then Sunday would be a moderate day, so that would be around 200. Um, I was cycling between those. My really hard workouts were always on Wednesdays and Saturdays where I had more carbs in my system, and Sundays, and then the low-carb days, I primarily stuck to cardio so I could burn any additional fat off the top, and that allowed me to lose about 33 pounds getting ready for my wedding in about six months. So I really like carb cycling. Um, today, I'm at about 215, I was 226 at the beginning of the year. I kind of go up and down based upon if I'm bulking or cutting. Right now I'm actually doing the intermittent fasting. So I'm doing the 16 by eight, which if you look it up, they actually call that lean gains. Um, basically what I do is eight o'clock at night, I stop eating and then I don't eat again until 12 o'clock the next day. So right now, besides the coffee Danielle brought me, um, I haven't had any calories since eight o'clock last night. I'll be going until noon. Um, I feel that I get more mental cognition out of that. I feel like I'm, um, my brain's engaged. I feel like I have more energy. Um, so when Ray asks what factors help determine that decision for a client, um, some of my clients do intermittent fasting, generally highly stressed out, busy professionals, people that don't have time or they don't have the perception of time to plan their meals in advance and things like that. It's a great thing because you don't have to worry about no decisions until noon. You don't have to worry about what you're eating or anything like that, you're just drinking your coffee, black tea, green tea, and your water. Um, so for me, I enjoy the intermittent fasting just because it really helps me with my, my mindset. But when you wanna get shredded real quick, I believe that there's nothing better than carb cycling. And I think Danielle explained it very well in terms of what carb cycling is exactly. Um, so if you guys ever want any additional information about that stuff, uh, Daniel and I both could you know, write something up for you, get together with you to dis discuss further, um, so you get a firm understanding of 
what carb cycle and intermittent fasting means for you because what it means for Danielle and me versus you, the plans are going to look slightly different for all of you. Um, well, the big thing is with intermittent fasting, people say, I'll do that because I skip meals anyway and I don't tend to eat. So that's a perfect diet and people do it and they don't lose any weight. So the problem is that you're not, you're probably not uh, getting enough calories over a period of time. So, and your body is very smart. So you, you can't just diet forever. So if you're constantly in a deficit, your body is not going to wither away to nothing. You will, your body will eventually stop and kind of go on shutdown. And so now your body, anything you take in, your insulin levels respond in a way that you don't want to. And basically they take the food and they'll store it right away. Um, the other thing is that people intermittent fast and they're not paying attention to it is that they won't eat till 12, they're good, then they gorge and then they're overeating. So then they're over their calories. So if you're not creating a deficit, that's not gonna work. So whether you say, yeah, if I'm gonna intermittent fast, if you're not watching your foods and you're just deciding to eat whatever you want, um, you're, not, you're not gonna lose anything just because of you're not eating a certain period of time. It all comes down to, are you in a deficit? And you say, well, how, how do I know how many calories am, am I supposed to eat? Where Where's this deficit? Um, you can go online, there's like body calculators and you wanna do your BMR, not a BMI, BMI is body index, body fat index, or body, uh, wait, BM, basal body mass rate. index. No, <laughs> you don't want that, you want BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate. So that changes as you age. And um, my basal metabolic rate right now is about hanging around between 1380 and 1400 calories. So that's how many calories I know that my body needs just at rest. If I was on bed rest and I'm not doing anything, that's how many calories I need to eat just to maintain. Now, if I go under that, I might have, I'm, I might uh, lose a little bit of weight, but if I stay under that for a prolonged period of time, my body's gonna say, hey, 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 hold on, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're not getting enough what you need. Um, it might start taking from my muscle, which obviously I don't want that. Um, so you kind of, a lot of people don't know how many, ca how, many, how many calories do I need in, a, in one day. And so if you start there, um, all I do with my clients, we got to figure out uh, your body fat one, because if you're losing weight, you want to make sure you're losing the right amount of weight. Um, you're, you want to lose fat, not muscle. And two, I'm going to figure out where your BMR is. And that changes. Mike, your BMR from when you are 230 is different than when you are 200. Mm -hmm. So as you lose weight, you need to constantly check your BMR um, because your calories then differ. Your body doesn't need as many calories the smaller you are. Yeah, I think Daniel brought up a good point there. Um, just going back to intermittent fasting for a second, um, when your feeding window is between 12 and 8, you know, whatever your diet plan is, say you're eating 2,000 calories a day, you need to make sure you're getting that 2,000 calories within that eight hours. And as she also said with the gorging, you don't want to eat 1,500 of those calories as soon as you're coming out of the fast because your body's not going to know what to do with that. So you want to keep your integrity of your meal plan in place over those eight hours. So you might eat at noon and then 2.30, 5 o'clock, and then close it out at 7 o'clock, but you're still getting your meals in there. One additional thing I would say about intermittent fasting that I personally recommend, and I'll see if Danielle agrees with me on this, is if you're going to train in the morning, so say you're lifting weights at 7 a.m., but your fast isn't over until noon, I still do think you should have some type of either amino acids during your workout to keep your muscles fed or, and in addition to that, I say you always should do your post-workout shake regardless 
So have your post-workout shake and then you can continue your fast until noon. But you want to make sure those muscles are well fed so you're not wasting muscle as Daniel said earlier. Yeah, I mean, you anything basically you ingest over 50 calories, you're breaking your fast. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, it depends on how strict you want to be. So if you really are like, I'm not breaking my fast, um, something like amino acids for sure, low calories, you can replenish. replenish. Um, but yeah, any if it's under 50 calories, they typically say um, you're not breaking your fast, but you want to make sure that it's there's no sugar either. So. so in a perfect world, you would train during your feeding window. Perfect world. In a perfect world. So that's what we're saying there. All right, so if you guys have any more questions about intermittent fasting or carb cycling, you can post them in the comments. Um, now we're going to go into question two. We could always come back. So question two came from Jason, and he was saying that he basically works six to eight 12-hour shifts in a row before he has five to eight days off. He is struggling with low motivation and he's trying to figure out what the best way to manage his schedule and getting him in his workouts and keeping himself healthy during that grueling work schedule. Yeah. Um, with him, I probably would recommend intermittent fasting, some that type of schedule. Um, on days where he's not... Um, working and he's not training hard you can you could do a, a lower carb day on days where he's working those you don't want to be sluggish or fall asleep either um, so those that's kind of like uh, you could go either way um, I typically like I would recommend some type of carb cycling for me personally and for a schedule like that um, I don't know if he's able to eat during his work shift either so um, I'm sure you get breaks but then there might be six hours that you don't get a break or, or whatever his schedule is. I think he, I think he's a nurse. Okay. I think he works in the hospital. Okay. Um, so you're, if you're, you might not be able to get a break, um, but you don't want to go eight hours without, without eating either. And you're trying to work a schedule and then try to get to the gym. So kind of planning your meals on days that you are, you're working longer, longer days, longer hours, you want to increase your carbohydrate intake. You're going to use them. Um, on days that you have kind of you can sleep in you can plan your meals I would do low-carb days on those if that makes sense yeah so I was looking at um, from a from a training standpoint you know because he was looking at his diet and he was also trying to figure out how he can get all his workouts in mm -hmm. so the recommendations I kind of worked out which Jason you would be able to get 12 workouts in each month um, I was looking at Try and get two workouts in a week that are about an hour long on the weeks where you're working. So just try and get two workouts in in those six to eight days. But then on your days where you're off, so when you have those five to eight days in a row, try and get four workouts in during your days off. So that way, every two weeks, you're still getting six workouts in, so you're still gonna be progressing with your body. Um, with, with the lack of motivation, I would say just do it before work. You know, Try and get in, get it over with, and. Or if, even if you have a long lunch, you might, it might be something that you might be able to do at work or out in the parking lot, get your cardio in, anything like that, since it's nice now until probably December. So those are just a couple suggestions where you sh should still be able to get your workouts in. Um, with the lack of motivation, you could also look into some stimulant or non-stimulant supplements as well for pre-workout. Just might give you that edge you need just to get in the door at the gym. But just use your head with those type of things. Make sure you do a tolerance assessment phase if you are going to use a stimulant. 
Start with maybe a half a scoop, see how you respond to that, and don't take it within five or six hours of going to bed. So that would be my recommendations with that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You want to be smart and not drain yourself out and feel like you can't come in and do your workouts. So if you know your work schedule and it sounds like it's pretty consistent that way, I think that's a great idea. All right. Um, so the last question we have in advance here is from Erica, and she wanted to know suggestions for good butt exercises to build the booty and tone the booty. So I'll let Danielle take this one since you are a competitor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I actually, I need, that was one of my problems. Um, so I had some kids and I, I lost my butt a little bit. And um, so one thing to, to build it up, and now I also have, so you're gonna see, oh, you gotta do deadlifts and squats. And sometimes that can be intimidating for girls and guys. Um, so I have a previous knee injury. I've had two ACL tears and medial and lateral meniscal tears. Um, so I tend to stay away from heavy squats anymore and really heavy deadlifts. Um, hyperextensions, I don't know if you know what those are, but it's when you're bringing your spine and you're, you're lifting your body. So whether you're, you're lifting your, your top up or you're lifting your legs up in your supine position, so you're laying down, uh, that's a hyperextension of some sort. And those are great. I lay over a stability ball and lift my legs, or I lay over a stability ball and lift my top. Um, I don't know why I'm calling this my top. <laughs> <laughs> my upper body. <laughs> it works. <laughs> but, um, so hyperextensions of all sorts, with weights, without weights, just your body weight. Um, a lot of step ups. Step ups are great um, to add height and also to add weight. So as you, that's a great, great one, to easy one to progress. Even if you have um, a bad knee, uh, like myself, uh, I can always find some type of height and weight to accommodate like a really challenging step up. Uh, lunges, so walking lunges, stationary lunges are awesome for your glutes. And I do incorporate um, deadlifting, straight leg deadlifts, and also some squats. But I do all a variation of squats, whether it's a sumo squat with a wide stance, a narrow squat, a front squat, where the weight is loaded in the front, um, traditional squats. But I just I'll increase my my repetitions for those. So I may target more 15 reps just to lower my weight a little bit, and I may do three to four sets of everything. Um, yeah. Answer. I mean, I think I got everything. Yeah, those are. Uh, Don't forget your calves. <laughs> Listen, your calves. Like no one wants a flat butt or a big butt and no calves. So you don't mix some calves in there. You get some 3D calves like me. <laughs> That's been the ongoing joke since I made that post a couple weeks ago. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I want to just add in, um, I think those are all great exercises, but um, you know, the reason you're doing the stiff like a deadlift for your butt, that's the glute hamstring tie-in, so where your hamstring meets your butt, you get that carved out nicely, your butt's going to appear nicer um, and bigger lifted. Um, two things that I do that are in addition to the exercise she mentioned with my clients, um, I like doing hip thrusters, so you get off the end of a bench, you put a bar across your upper pelvis and you bridge up, squeeze your glutes at the top, squeeze your hamstrings. So that's an awesome exercise to do. And also I actually like to use the leg press. Um, it's one of those things where if you don't have a lot of flexibility, it can be difficult. But if you have a good amount of flexibility, 
I like bringing my feet a little higher up on the leg press with your feet together, about two inches off the top. Come in as close to your chest as you can and then push it out three quarters of the way and then back to your chest. So that's gonna isolate the glutes and the hamstrings just a little bit more than a traditional leg press, mm -hmm. which would be primarily quads, hip flexors, and a little bit of glutes and hamstrings. So those are things I like to do. Yeah. In addition. Um, and uh, honestly, jump rope and doing uh, mixing up some heavy heavy sets with then some like, conditioning is I feel like a, I found a, a tremendous difference in the way that my legs looked. They looked. Um, and I think the, the, we're, we're tending to get away from like building up the muscles and more going for a conditioned look. Um, if you're like looking at the models or people on magazines and, and you look at their, their training regimen and it's, it's, you're seeing a lot of high intensity interval training along with their, their lifting routines. And I think it's just kind of moving to a more conditioned even even some bodybuilders are doing kind of more of that uh, conditioning exercises and, and hit training. I like the direction it's going with the physique and the more conditioning and things like that. It's no longer freaks getting up there on stage, you know, that people call them freaks because they're these bodybuilders that devote their entire lives and they're 260 pounds walking around some of the guys and things like that. And they have the 205 class. They're really, really big guys and girls. But you know, now we're now there's something for everybody. I mean, if you're a smaller, thinner bone person, you can actually get into the physique division actually do well mm -hmm. you know yeah. and I think for women there's definitely a, a place for everybody as well now so I, I like the direction bodybuilding is going so that pretty much answers the, the a lot of divisions you have to wait a long time backstage yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh. But yeah. yeah, so if any of you are looking to compete or anything like that, Danielle can definitely help you guys out with that. Um, she does very well with that and she does coach some people with that type of thing. Um, so that was it for the questions we have. Uh, one that I want to bring up is that idea that one workout is perfect for everybody. You know, there's so many companies out there right now that are saying, we have the best program to get you shredded in 90 days, 60 days, 30 days. Well. I just want to say quickly that you know Danielle and I have been working out forever, and I, I don't think you're where you want to be. I certainly know I'm not where I want to be. There's constantly goals that you're going to have that you're going to continue evolving. So the biggest thing is for me, is there a, such a thing as a one-step-fits-all approach? Yeah. You know, for for fitness, and I, I say definitely not. Um, every person is unique based upon your flexibility, um, your age and a million other things, it's going to determine what your program is going to entail. So I would say if you're somebody that's out there and you've never been to the gym before and you're considering doing it, you know, hire a coach. It's not necessarily something that you have to do forever, but we're going to be able to show you where you need to be based upon your own goals. So Danielle, what do you think about that? So do you think, you know, there's a one size fits all or do you think there's a, you know, something that makes sense for everybody or do you think that everything is diversified based upon the individual no i honestly i feel like um i think everyone who comes into the gym should have some type of uh lifting foundation um and it's it's intimidating for to come into the gym and you've never done it before and the, the easiest thing to do is jump on a piece of cardio equipment because one, you may have already used it before, you may have something similar in your house, or you know, just it's just less intimate. I just have to hit an on button, no one's looking at me. Um, but 
that's where we find that people come in and um, they say, I've been going to the gym for two years and I'm the same weight and I don't look any different. And I need, you know, and I need help. And I, I ask them what they've been doing and, oh, I've been, you know, jumping around a couple pieces of equipment, but primarily I'm doing cardio. Unless you're training for something and that's what you do, I wouldn't recommend just doing cardio. Um, it doesn't promote a lot of muscle growth unless you're doing really high intensity cardio where you're, you know, you have waves of ana um, anaerobic and aerobic bouts. Uh, but so I would I would hire someone um, or at least get a buddy or somebody who who you feel comfortable with to just to get a foundation of, of lifting um, because no matter what age you are it's going to increase your range of motion your flexibility um, some strength and the fear that women say I don't want to lift because I don't want muscles I want muscles, so if you say your shoulders and arms are too big, it took me a long, long, long time to get to my spot, but it doesn't mean that you have to look like my arms and shoulders if you start lifting. It's the way you lift, and there's there's lots of different programs, but don't be afraid to pick up a weight because, you know, that I think that is the foundation, and then that builds on that, and then you, then you can branch out and do different cardio and, and conditioning pieces. I'm telling you, when I changed up, and I've been, I had uh, a couple different competitions under my belt, but when I, this was the first competition that I ever went into not busting my butt on a step mill for 40 minutes a day. I can tell you that right now. And it was the way I trained leading up to it. So I uh, included HIIT training. I stayed conditioned with my lifting. It wasn't a separate piece, and that's how it was for me before. It was lifted, then cardio. And I always kind of kept them separate. I'm not endorsing CrossFit. I think that's very dangerous. <laughs> so if you're a CrossFit, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't like that. But, um, but there are moves that are safe and effective, I think, for that. And I get that it comes down to that whole conditioning yeah. effect. And that really made a huge difference on my heart rate, the way I recover, um, just my whole look, how I feel. Uh, I've honestly never felt better right now, so I'm on that. Um, I feel like I'm in a really good spot, and that can change. It can change with age. It can change with my schedule. But yeah. Yeah, and what what is high intensity interval training, also known as HIT? I mean, that's something that. You know, science is researching right now. They're, the research is there, is what I'm trying to say, that suggests that it's the fastest way to burn fat possible. I mean, sometimes you don't have an hour to, to ride the bike or walk on a treadmill or hit the Stairmaster, as Daniel said. So you can get those 10, 15, 20 minutes of bouts of high intensity. So running as fast as you can, get your heart rate up to 80, 85% of your max. And then alternating that with a Alternating that with a low intensity, which you bring your heart rate back down to about 65% of your maximum heart rate, and then you alternate between those two. So you get up to 85%, you hold that for about 30 seconds, and then you recover. So you go if you're going from a sprint to a jog, you let the jog, you wanna get your heart rate back down to 65% and alternate between the two. So obviously when you're starting out, you want, might wanna try 
you know, 30 second interval with a two minute recovery, because that might be how long it takes for you to get back to 65%. But as you get more conditioned, you might be able to do even a 40 second sprint with a 20 second recovery, and you might be able to get your heart rate fluctuating that easily from there. And that's what's gonna help bring down your body fat. There still is a place for steady state in my mind, just for your heart, your lungs, your circulatory system. It's great to get out with your kids, your dog, your friends, take a long walk, take a long bike ride, walk on, walk on the beach, things like that. Doesn't always have to be super high intense, but if you wanna burn fat quickly, that's the way to do it. And like Daniel said, I definitely agree with weight training. And don't be afraid to lift heavy. You know, you don't need to be doing one rep maxes, but you know, find that six to 20 rep range, you know, and play around in there. You know, 20 reps has its place as well as six reps, but don't do the same reps every single week either. Start with, you know, maybe three sets of 10, two or three weeks, then go three sets of 15, two or three weeks, three sets of five or six for two or three weeks. You know, that's what's gonna keep your body guessing. I tell my clients all the time, and it's kind of hokey, but if you're into the stock market, if you're into making money, if you're into investing in your future, there's a thing called diversification. So if you diversify your stock market, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. So you need to diversify your training, which means don't do the same thing all the time. You can follow a program for two or three weeks, but you shouldn't be doing the same exercises year after year. When Danielle and I, as, as Danielle and I have been in the, in the industry for a long time, as I said previously, but you see people in the gym, they stay the same year after year. But what do they do? The same thing. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, Albert Einstein. So if he said it, I think it makes sense. So do you guys have any questions? I mean, I think we've covered pretty much what we wanted to cover here today. Um, I just wanted to cover some misconceptions, the questions we had. We went into HIT training a little bit. Um, this Coffee with the Trainer segment is something Danielle and I might be able to do again. Um, the more questions you guys bring to the table, the better it's going to be. So if you have any questions now, there's about 10 of you listening on both screens right now. So if you have any questions, it's pop them there at the bottom. Do you have anything further? Yeah, I, well, we were talking about, um, so carb cycling, when we talk about that, I know I'm listening way back to where we started, but um, we don't really, we know to manipulate high carbs and, and low carbs, but then we're like, where do we put our protein and fats and where do they, where do they play? And so there's some research done that we did, we did high carb group and low carb group and protein. So what happened was with the higher carb group, the protein ended up being lower and they were looking at, okay, their results and, and, and their glycogen stores and insulin and all the hormones that are in your body that take place and as you, as you eat and what's going on. And they found that no matter what type of diet, either high carb, low carb, if they kept their proteins up to where they needed to be, that both groups actually were successful. Um, so that kind of made me dig in, and I know that, you know, we, I know a lot of my clients and people that I run into, if I take a look at their diet, they're not eating enough protein, and they're, they're busting their butt in the gym, and they're, they're not getting enough protein. And so I was looking at uh, burning calories and things like that, and I came across a scholarly uh, a journal, and it had to do with the thermo effect on food and that, and I know that your body, uh, it takes a little bit more to burn certain foods, and that's why we want, you know, fiber and things like that. We want to eat, eat things like that. But the um, 
the protein that I found, which I didn't know the percentages, the research show that protein costs more energy to process and the difference, 30 to 35% versus carbs, which is only five to 15% versus fat, which is three to 4%. So that's why it's more detrimental when you eat all high fat foods because your body, it doesn't, it takes hardly anything to just to burn that up. So you're eating a lot of proteins mixed with carbs. Um, that's up at 30 to 35%, which I thought that's like astounding. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so your body's really working hard to process those, those proteins, which obviously is burning calories, which then can help you go in that deficit. So I just thought that was really interesting to make that connection. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so how many grams of protein should you have a day? I mean, my personal belief is 0.75 to 1.25 grams per pound ideal body weight. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, the 0.75 to 1.25 depends really on how intense you're training. If you're lifting weights two or three times a week, you know, maybe 0.75. If you're lifting six days a week, closer to the 1.25. Um, so that's, that's a lot. So for me, my ideal body weight is probably about 200 pounds. That's when I'm right around 14, 15% body fat. So for me, that's 200 grams of protein, you know? So that's a significant amount. You know, um, I really am a firm believer in whey protein isolate. Mm -hmm. And there's some great vegan options out there like pea protein and things like that as well. Um, and then, you know, just chicken, salmon, you know, the lean cuts of meat. And you can do it as a vegetarian. There's a misconception out there that as a, as a vegetarian, you can't get enough protein. That's bullshit. You can totally get enough mm -hmm. as a vegetarian as well. So if there's anybody watching that's a vegetarian, you can do it. You just have to do a little bit more planning. Mm -hmm. um, so, let's see, what else do we got? Um, oh, well, and for, you said about 1 point, or 7.75 to 1.25 for protein. So if you're doing carb cycling, um, typically for high carb day, I'll take, it's like 2.5 yeah, 2 grams per body weight. And um, for low carb, it would be 0. 0.5. Okay, yeah. Is that yeah, typically? that makes sense. Yeah. yeah um, and then there are people who do no carb days, and they go, they try to stay less than 30 grams per day. So, you even if you eat zero carbs, that's your vegetables, fruit. So I mean, you'd basically be eliminating a lot of all of that for that day too. Yeah, so I, I also touch on the fact that the best diet is really the one you can stick to. Um, intermittent fasting, carb cycling is something we both know and, and utilize at certain points in time, but there's also times where I follow just the, the whole food, clean eating type of diet. Um, and then, you know, you also have room there for your cheat days and your cheat meals. It just really depends on how fast you want to reach your goals and things like that. If you're having a cheat meal four times a week, obviously you're not going to burn too much body fat no matter what you're doing in the gym. So that's an important thing to touch on as well. So, you know, we could get into this big thing about Danielle's opinion and my opinion about, you know, different diets. We could go into keto, we could go into low fat, we can go into all kinds of different things. Um, but we'll simply say that the best diet for you is probably the one that you can adhere to the most. And I think carb cycling does a pretty good job with that because there's never more than two or three days in a row where you're not allowed to have something. Right, so like right. The third day, yeah. Right, yeah, and there's, uh, you know what really, I don't usually watch Facebook Live. This is my very first one um, because I don't like to hear people rant. But it's ama it's amazing how many miracle diets and this and that. And it's 
I don't want to say it's a trap, but honestly, it, it really comes down to the types of foods you're eating. There's no magic pill. There's no magic diet. There's no, um, some people's bodies process carbs better than others. So not to say that don't do them because that's the only way you will find out if your body is, can handle so many carbs. Um, some people just, just can't and they prefer a low carb diet, but, um, I guess you could say that I've been dieting for like 10 years, but it's to me, it's, it's not a diet. It's just, I eat clean eating and, and when I have to, yeah, when I have to compete, then I, I really tighten up my numbers and I log it. I still log my food. I know people are like, I don't want to log my food, but it's the only way that you're going to figure out what works for you. Log it even for a month. Log your food to try to figure out, okay, well, I'm not bloated anymore and I just increased my carbs this percent, well then your body probably needed more carbs than mm -hmm. you've been giving it. A lot, of, a lot of people who I work with that wanna go on diets, I'm actually increasing their, their calorie intake and they're like, they're really scared. Um, <laughs> but it's, it, that's honestly, you're not giving your body enough and oddly enough, there, there goes their weight that starts to drop even though they're eating more than they did before. So it's just changing about, mm -hmm. changing up what you're, what you're eating. Um, and again, eating, the, what you need for your body to survive every day. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so Danielle, I'll let you give any final thoughts you have. Um, where can people reach you? Um, where, do you where do you train at? All those good things and, and final I'm, words of wisdom. I'm sure they all know where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we are why I'm missing fitness right now. Um, so, I, yeah, I live in the Reading area, so you can find me there, but... Um, I train and work out at YMSA Fitness and Training and also at the Exeter. Um, I hold, I primarily teach at 5.30 a.m. So if you're not a morning person. Um, you better start becoming. <laughs> I wasn't one. I, I actually, my uh, ideal time to work out was like two o'clock in the afternoon. So when I was in college and I didn't have any kids or family or that was my ideal time to work out. Uh, so now I am an, an early bird, so I do uh, come in at like five and work out. And um, I just did a show. I, I just did a uh, a show. I, wa I really wanted to do one after I had kids, just to see if I can get back on stage. So I I trained for that, and like I said, I I trained and changed up my training, and I felt like I came in really strong in condition. Um, so yeah, so I and I trained a couple people for that show as well, mm -hmm. um, Brandon and Ezzy, and I think they all rocked it. So shout out to them. I saw that they were on here at some point, but um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And I have um, well, you can check on my 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 personal Facebook page or my I have a Be Danny Fit page, and my contact information is there. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and so those of you on Danielle's page that don't know me, I'm Formal Fitness Training. That's the business I run out of the Mifflin YMCA and YO Fitness here. Um, I have a fall fat shred coming up on September 19th. It's basically six weeks. It's going to be done outside primarily as long as there's good weather and it's going to give you a macro plan, supplement plan, um, diet plan, lifting plan, cardio plan, all that stuff is going to be included. Um, so you can go on a formal fitness page if you're interested in something like that. Um, my final thought is, you know, just so I just want to touch on goal setting. You know, set goals, not just for fitness, set goals for life. You know, try and come up with five or six things that you're going to try and accomplish today, this week, this month, 
and just give it everything you got because as you check goals off, it's going to build your confidence. It's gonna build your desire to do a little bit more in life. So I wanna see all you guys succeed. That's my biggest thing. I like to collaborate. I don't believe in competition. That's why Danielle and I are sitting here together. We're in a field where a lot of people wanna cut each other's heads off. That's not how we are here at Missing Fitness. At Missing Fitness, we believe in each other and we support each other every step of the way. That's what you should be doing in life. Thanks for tuning in. Coffee with the trainer. Check back next time. Love you guys. Just make sure it's...